0: Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to Wait. Are these guys friends? I am Mike, and this is Randy.
1: Hey, everybody.
0: What's going to be in this week's episode? I I thought we should start telling people at the top, in case they don't read the little preview. They just see our faces, Randy. They see our faces and think, I need to listen now. And then they start and think, Mm. what are these guys going to talk about?
1: God help those people. I know.
0: Those people don't exist. My goodness. We're going to talk, as usual, about what we've watched and what we've listened to, what we've consumed. Then... I'm going to the Royal Rumble in Tampa, Florida this coming weekend, as of this episode, when it, when it's originally coming out. Randy, who is an old-school WWE fan, not really watching the modern product, thought, you know it would be really fun? Let's cast a DX movie. And not just any DX movie. A DX movie, we're going to say it's 1999. It's the height of DX. DX is so popular, they're going to make a feature film. It's the DX movie cast as if it's 1999. And then we're going to end that in We've been talking a lot of sketch comedy in our personal lives. We're going to put together our own dream five-person sketch comedy. That's this episode. But with that all said, let's dive right in. Randy, what have you watched this week? What have you listened to? What have you consumed?
1: So I've been really in this season on, it's the fifth season of Fargo on FX slash Hulu. So however you end up watching it, a really, really interesting premise, obviously done from the Coen brothers movie in 96 noah holly is the i guess the showrunner or the the main writer this year producer and he's uh, just come up with a really bonkers story that takes place in both minnesota and north dakota john Hamm plays this kind of maga sheriff that lives on his own ranch in north dakota is a you know third generation sheriff of this small town where he just kind of runs everything he diverts town funds to a lot of artillery, so he's kind of started running this militia in North Dakota. Which Real is a quick, little...
0: is there any spoiler warning in this that we should be giving right now? How deep in are you about to
1: get? No, no, it, uh, nothing yet. So it's uh, okay. th- This is all, all right. just sort of background of him. We we you know this right away about him. There there is very mm-hmm. little uh, that surprises. Uh, that's an excellent point though, because I was about to start to just <laughs> be like, here comes the whole season. So, but uh... so
0: here's here's what's gonna happen. I am going to say, spoiler warning, and I will also come back with an edit later. Me, from the future, giving you a time (laughs) code that will say, this is where you can go if you don't want spoilers for Fargo. Future Mike will say that right now. Go to 6 minutes and 11 seconds. 6 minutes and 11 seconds to skip this talk. And now we are back to living in the present and Randy can continue. I
1: will do my best to as, but as I'm going kind of stream of conscious here, if I accidentally do a spoiler, Mike can edit it in later, but I will do my best to just give it kind of a synopsis. it's
0: no, no, weird. we're already in spoiler town. <laughs> Tell me everything right now. Ruin the fucking show for me. <laughs>
1: I don't know. If it wasn't that good, I would absolutely do it. So you wouldn't have to put you through watching it, but the it's, it's really, really good this season. And, uh, John Hamm, like I said, plays that sheriff character. Juno Temple from Ted Lasso plays the main character, his ex-wife, who has gotten out of sort of a, a poor, abusive relationship there and has escaped to Minnesota where she started a new life. There's a lot of just really kind of quirky things that happen as basically she is at a PTA meeting, PTO, I'm not sure. No, PTA, PTA meeting.
0: Personal time off meeting. Sorry.
1: Yes, right. <laughs> exactly.
0: It's weird that and that would happen for the entire town. I don't
1: understand why they would do that. It's strange, you know. It's it's a very progressive town where they have lots of social programs. This so. show sounds
0: <laughs> fascinating. You've, you've hooked me already.
1: <laughs> I'm in. So, but during the PTA meeting, there's just a very divisive topic comes up. And uh, th- through the entire uh, kind of melee that ensues, she ends up tasing somebody because they're threatening her trying to get out of there with her child. And that ends up her getting arrested. That pings something with John Hamm, the the sheriff. And so he, who thought he, the Juno temple had escaped and never to be seen again, has, has ended up finding her. And then that's how he chases her down. And that's kind of the beginning of that story. And there, there's, there's just so much to it that it continues to layer. There's great performances in it. Jennifer Jason Lee plays, juno temple's mother-in-law there's if you watched never have i ever which was an hbo show uh that mindy kaling produced uh the woman that plays her cousin is in it uh i know these are kind of secondary say, things no, dave foley what... i'm burying the lead dave foley with an eye patch is in it uh, i just which was... should be your hook right away. it is
0: and i love that but i was laughing at your previous credit it was like ah oh, yes random girl from show i didn't watch with no name i love her that's such a good <laughs> recommendation yeah, you know, um, well, that's a hook, if nothing no, I else. I love Dave so, Foley. Man, but... Anything he's in, especially, I feel like that man has never gotten the amount of work he should have got. So to have him in a show mm-hmm. that is being pretty well regarded, because I've heard his work in it is good from you and others. So that's, that's awesome. I'm all about that. I should really take the time to watch it. Uh, think, how many episodes it's... in the season? Is it finished? Ten.
1: Ten? Ten episodes, okay. yep. Very... Very Cohen esque, um, even though it's like they're just consultants to it. But it has a it, things kind of unfold and like it's a twist and a turn. Oh, this is completely going in one direction, and then something happens that is a complete wild card that changes things. Do
0: the twists feel organic coming out? They like do you yeah, believe it, them? They're not like, oh, come on.
1: Yeah, no, that's what's great about it is you're you're astonished at how fucked up it is, but it is a, it's a very Cohen feel to it but it's great i just i was not a big fan of the previous seasons of fargo the tv series i love the movie but uh it it's this one really has come back with a bang i
0: realize this sounds like such a platitude to say it's on my list but it's genuinely on my list of something i want to watch Mm -hmm. uh i i talked about it last week in the episode that is lost to time (laughs) it's it's our prince's black album is is what it is, is is it's it's gone forever no one will ever although i think they eventually released bootlegs of the black album in it been around so i'm really stretching on that one it's the first reference <laughs> i thought of but i did watch echo
1: on uh, disney plus mm-hmm. do, do you want to give a brief like synopsis just i mean we don't have to get way into it just who echo is just so for those who may not know
0: interesting cuz i it's funny you say that cuz i'd forgotten who echo was until like the show was about to start I was convinced that I was about to watch a show about the girl from Ant Man and the Wasp who could phase. <laughs> and then I was like, why does she know the king? And knowing that Kingpin was like in it, I was like, why does Kingpin, why, why is this connection? And someone was like, I was talking to someone, I was like, I don't understand why I need to care about it in the show. They're like, no, it's the deaf girl from Hawkeye who, who is Kingpin's. I was like, oh, yeah, God, I forgot about her. Yeah. So the show is. Essentially, her getting back to her roots. She is Native American, and she's reconnecting with her biological family, also dealing with the aftermath of what she did in Hawkeye, which I won't say here, but it involves Wilson Fisk's kingpin, which means Vincent D'Onofrio is back, and he is as good as you remember and 100% the best part of the show and why you should watch. He crushes it. It's just so nice to be getting back to these street-level heroes, which just really feels like what Marvel needs right now. However, the other thing that I've been watching pretty regularly for, you know, much of my life, WWE Monday Night Raw. Because as I mentioned at the top, I'm going to the Royal Rumble that, at the time of recording, is this weekend in Tampa, Florida. And I'm very excited.
1: Oh, wait, wait. Before, before you do that, can I do my bit of trivia that I discovered this week that I can uh, pump you up from? But... Oh fuck yeah, shit yeah, hit me. What do you got? It's a it's a callback to past uh, episodes. So, but it oh, is. oh okay, it, is it the one it that is, we
0: lost? No one else will get the joke. No, no, no. Scott. This is
1: this is this is cursed trivia. So oh, Ooh. which <laughs> what? So so it's in in the what was that episode three? when we did our musty TV breakdown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and you talked about cursed the Stephen Weber show that completely went away from their premise after six episodes and i'm still
0: thinking about it i have a note i almost put in the lost media episode that i did as our fill-in that i was like this is just for me this is too niche but you're bringing up cursed i love it what's your what's your bit
1: so you you when you talked about it and i hadn't done any research or looked into it and didn't watch the show so i didn't know anything about it that but the you mentioned that he and chris elliott were in it but you failed to mention that wendell pierce was in it and I don't know if that... Now, if you don't know who that is, uh, <laughs> Wendell Pierce played... Wendell Pierce played Bunk on The Wire, one of the de- main detectives in The Wire. And so, a, and I don't know if you watch The Wire, it's one of the most phenomenal dramas of all time, and it just, it's incredible. He is also known, Wendell Pierce known throughout that, if you mention The Wire to anybody and you say Bunk, what he would do is do this thing where he'd go, shit, and there would be like 30 eyes in that shit, to the point where there's goofy videos around where he holds a shit for like not an actual shit but holds the word shit for a minute yes, <laughs> like thank he'll go shit karma. like it just it goes on and on like that because he did he, he would say that it, like elongated shit gotta keep that don't cut any of this how is this coming to later? wrestling
0: i'm so confused how this is going to connect either wrestle to wrestling right now
1: it's not it's just a, it's something i wanted to pump you over because oh, oh, stuff. So. i mean i love has, that has no, has I zero connection to it the the, the, the <laughs> in, beyond beyond it being about yeah the sorry it's just a little aside and then we'll go to the next thing but i'm pretty sure he started doing the wire right after cursed so he went from the Absolute bottom of the barrel wow. of garbage TV. Just, you know, you said there's what it was like seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes or whatever to one of the most critically acclaimed shows of all time. Like, what a what a That's run amazing. for Wendell
0: Pierce. That is, and you know what? It's funny because I haven't watched The Wire, I've obviously heard all about it. I know that it's the show that used to be j- the line of people judging you if you haven't seen, then that show became Breaking <laughs> Bad. Yeah, so. When I said in the cursed episode, it stars Stephen Weber, Chris Elliott, and a bunch of people you've never heard of. <laughs> Sorry, wire fans. My bad. This transitions us into more of your pop culture thing. We are gonna fan cast Degeneration X, the movie. Degeneration X for the uninitiated is a classic. Late 90s stable. They had re- they had some resurgences in other years. We're not going to worry about that. We're talking about classic, like, 97 to early 2000 DX, which is the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels, for part of it, Triple H, Rick Rude. Did you cast a Rick Rude? I casted a Rick Rude.
1: I can come on with one on the fly. We're good.
0: All right, I that. Billy Gunn, the Road Dog, the New Age Outlaws, and uh, X-Pac and China. We have a couple others for what the story would be. Randy, this was your idea. Why... <laughs> I just mentioned I was a wrestling and we were talking about it and you texted me I have an idea for the podcast let's fan cast a DX movie DX was a a, a rowdy heel stable they were degenerates that's why they're degenerates so they, they had crack chops and they used naughty words and they told people to suck it they were they were badass motherfuckers Randy why do you want to do this
1: It was I mean this was by, by far my favorite component of my wrestling fandom it was degeneration x i mean just it was i i don't know if it was the time frame of i was a teenager or yeah and, and just it was fun to go around and do crotch chops and tell everybody to suck it but it's uh it definitely was a component of i can remember uh in a high school basketball game uh one of my teammates got a technical foul because he did a crotch top to somebody after they scored a basket <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, which was, so I, I mean, incredible to watch, and so it just it was, it was all brought into the the sports teams that I played or the people that I hung out with. It's just everything DX was so much fun, and uh, to just kind of encapsulate how how much it turned, like you said, it was a heel stable. They were not supposed yeah. to be, and they just everybody loved them so much because that was kind of the the changing of the guard, the turning in WWE anyway, where you mm-hmm. could have kind of anti heroes or you could have that. It was kind of cool to not be a face, not be a heel just be cool and dx was undeniably that and so i would be i thought it'd be interesting just to kind of go into that to see how how that changed and how they became that popular and just kind of blew the roof off and pushed the careers of a lot of other wrestlers
0: what you you do have to acknowledge the nwo who came around a year ahead before that and were cool heels however the nwo got stacked really fast. It never changed, never evolved. And I say that as someone who started watching Wrestling Post NWO. Okay. I've gone back and I've watched a lot of, we've talked about the Wrestling Bios YouTube channel that I love and a lot of things. I've been able to suss out pretty quickly that for as hot as they were, they didn't evolve it and it got stagnant and boring really quick. And DX was able to pick that baton up and just be hipper, cooler and do more with it is, is my gut reaction. Okay. So in my mind, before we get to our casting, this would be what the movie would cover the okay. formation of them, which would be Triple H, Shawn Michaels, and China coming together. Uh, Rick Rude would be a part of that, but then he would be gone because that would lead right into the Bret Hart feud, and we would have to touch on the Montreal screw job. Yep, then okay. that would lead into Shawn feuding with Undertaker, who Shawn gets hurt, yeah, feuds with Austin, drops the title, and has to retire. That leads to new era DX where the outlaws come in, and X-Pac comes over from WCW. Then you have to find your ending. Does it end with the mid '99 breakup, or does it end with the mid '90 or the late '90? I'm sorry, the late '99 reuniting and the Triple H title win. They were not broken up for very long.
1: Probably, yeah. You probably just go out on a on a high note, right? With the with them with the the title win and them reuniting, yeah. And,
0: And because when in 2000 when they technically kind of broke up again they didn't really break up it faded away billy gun got hurt uh road dog got fired triple h was doing many many other things they never technically broke up again they just I, it faded away
1: i don't want to speak of the run dmc theme part so <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah it was pretty bad so we we know the plot right it's it's the rise and fall and rise again, we shall say, of DX okay. is what this movie would be. So, we're gonna cast it first off. You have to start with the Heartbreak Kid, the showstopper, Shawn Michaels. Who do you got?
1: So, I again, and, and you can call me out on these because some of these may be completely out of left field, and so and we can talk through the casting. So, so HBK, are you ready for this? <laughs> yeah. I am going to cast.
0: Break it Adam- down. Oh, break it down. I- <laughs> break
1: it down. That's right. I am going to cast Adam Sandler as heart- as Sean Michaels.
0: <laughs> so I have also casted Adam Sandler, but not as Sean Michaels.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Hit me with your cell and I'm going to mine. Why so I think- Adam Sandler?
1: Because I think he has enough that he could be the gruff guy, like he could turn into that because he, he's done enough dramatic stuff where he could turn on the the gruff exterior, but then always default to the silly, the You're goofy, the over the top breaking
0: part your own rules. You said this was a 90s era casting. You are not allowed to bring in dramatic Adam Sandler.
1: That's fair. Maybe we well maybe we'd find out. So <laughs> oh, this was his big move. This I mean was not that it. HB, HBK. Well, he... I meant more that like if he <laughs> had to be that gruff voice. No, the gruff the gruff voice a part of it. So it's I mean, because how often was how often was HBK really that dramatic?
0: When he lost his smile and had to forfeit his title in the lead up to uh, the summer of ninety seven. This is gonna All be right. his
1: breakout. I'm breaking my own casting, but I'm still saying Adam Sandler. Who do who do you got?
0: As, as, do you want me to tell you who I cast Adam Sandler as, or do I have Shawn Michaels?
1: Uh, do do yours, and then then get into who you cast Adam Sandler as, and I'll do mine for that okay. one. So, who, who do you got so for my,
0: HPK? My HBK is, I'm not happy with. Because okay. I flip-flopped my Billy Gun and my HPK twice. Okay. So, I'd like to actually hit my Billy Gun and my HPK. Because okay. you might be like, what you settled on was wrong, flip them back. Okay. Because I I'm not sold. And in fact I'm I'm just talking about it. I'm about to flip them back again. All right, go but for we're it. We're gonna go with in fact I am. I am flipping them back again. <laughs> this is now my casting. Okay. Matthew McConaughey is Shawn Michaels.
1: Oh, that's great. That's perfect. i can't believe I didn't think of that.
0: You sold it to me, the gruff voice, the stubble. My my flip flopped choice was based on his Motormouth acting and his comedy is who I was almost going to go with. But he is better as Billy Gunn looks wise. 99 era Ryan Reynolds, which is in his nice. two guys and a girl era. He is a viable choice as an actor. The The reason I wasn't going to put him as Billy Gunn is because he's too good at talking. And Billy Gunn is a terrible promo. <laughs> Yeah, Billy Gunn was a bad promo. He never cut a good promo. There's the reason he only let him go, and that's why we got two words for you. And then at a certain point, he even stopped saying "suck it." He just held the mic up for the crowd, and the crowd said "suck." Sure, Billy Gunn was a bad promo, and so I talked myself out of Ryan Reynolds. But Ryan Reynolds is a good Billy Gunn because 99 Ryan Reynolds would have to bulk up, but he but he would have the right look overall for being a clean cut blonde guy who could work. But Matthew McConaughey was almost that, but I was like, no, he is Shawn Michaels. Right. Matthew McConaughey is Shawn Michaels.
1: You win that one. I think that's definitely, I think that's our casting for that one. I I, I like that a lot call. for HBK, okay. yeah.
0: Okay. So I'm going to go next to... Do
1: you want to know who I had for Billy Gunn since we already went there? Do you...
0: Oh, yeah, and you wanted to know my yep. end up Sandler. So, yes, hit me with your Billy Gunn, please.
1: So I, I had a similar kind of idea. I needed somebody that that looked clean cut that I thought could actually put on kind of that kind of maybe not that much muscle mass, but enough that we've seen him in other bulked up roles. So I have Matt Damon as Billy Gunn, which is
0: oh, that's good. That's really good too.
1: <laughs> because he can do I that. Like... Kind of, he doesn't have to talk, but could still look like the. He does enough with his face. He's a good enough actor with the, He could do the facial part of it that I think would work. Yeah. That I Billy like Gunn your, just I... had to do. Billy Gunn had to do that because yeah. he wasn't good at talking, but Damon could do it because he's a good actor.
0: I like your I like your Billy gun much more. We're going with your Billy gun. That is a great call on your Billy Gunn because I know you don't want to go Team America, Matt Davis. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's right. But
0: but there's something about a monosyllabic guy who can only say a couple of words but still goes out there and gets the job done where he suddenly fits that role real well. Nice. So so we're going. We we're, I'm keeping. note. we're casting as we go.
1: I think I think the actor budget on this is gonna be pretty high. So hopefully this movie makes a lot of money. <laughs>
0: huh, we're doing okay because you're again thinking modern. Ninety nine of these guys now, admittedly this is post Goodwill hunting, Matt Damon, and this is yeah. early success, Matthew McConaughey, but I don't think they're breaking the bank yet. These are not your multi million okay. dollars yet. I don't think so. True. We'll, we'll we'll look up their uh pay figures for the era after we're done casting. We'll look at our actor production budget when we're done casting the entire film.
1: <laughs> nice. Because
0: here's the thing, Adam Sandler is in my film as well, but he's not cast yet because you could have a better choice for X-Pac. Okay? X-Pac is my Adam Sandler. <laughs> here's myself for X-Pac. Great talker. Great worker. Head shaped like a peanut, just like Adam Sandler. People eventually got sick of him and turned on him. Adam Sandler and X-Pac are one and the same. He would hit that okay. goofiness that X-Pac would hit just like he needed to. And if you're talking raspy voice, that's still X-Pac. So. Yeah. So.
1: That's good.
0: Who's your X-Pac?
1: I, I, are you ready for mine? I did it because, and thinking of the fact that the fact that he's a pretty handsome actor and things like that with the, the idea that if you had the long hair and the gla- sunglasses on, you'd cover up most of it anyway. I have Johnny Depp as X-Pac. I think I think we can go either or uh, I think I don't
0: see yeah.
1: it I think Sandler might be better
0: I don't I I, I mean I obviously feel that way <laughs> But <Yeah>. but I <laughs> I definitely was with you on the Matt Damon You were definitely with me on the McConaughey I feel like we're at a little bit of an impasse here on uh okay. on this um, How strongly do you feel about Johnny Depp? Are you sure you would go Adam Sandler? I, Are you sure you're okay with that?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it would be interesting just because knowing what we know, obviously, and we had to cast it at the, at the time, but knowing what we know him being aloof enough playing Jack Sparrow, I think that that, again, and I'm not casting based on that, but I think we might've been able to see that side of Johnny Depp that would, that would work out there. Maybe. But, I, just... uh, I, I, think, I think Sandler is better because he can be, I don't know, like it, almost explosive.
0: Yes, and that's what X-Pac would be in 99. X-Pac was a burst of energy in 99. And when he came back in 98, he was huge in 98 still. He was, Mm -hmm. before people turned on X-Pac and got sick of X-Pac, he was a big draw in 98. And I just feel like, I don't know, I just feel the Sandler thing right there. I like it. So Okay, so before I hit Triple H in China, I did cast Rick Rude because Rick Rude was technically a founding member of DX, but he was barely in it because the screwjob happened and he quit because he hated what had happened. So he is a part of the story. And he is a famous part of the story because he is the only person to be on Raw and Nitro on the same night because his last Raw was taped and then he was on the live Nitro that night as a big (laughs) gift. So my... The only choice in my mind here is Tom Selleck because of that mustache. (laughs) So Rick Rude is Tom Selleck is Rick Rude. And I, I, I almost can take no options from you. Did you, you hadn't cast a Rick Rude, right?
1: No. And off the top of my head, I went leave Schreiber like that was, and that was just kind of out of left field. Like, honestly, I don't think it works a hundred percent Tom Selleck way better. So
0: I got to look up leave Schreiber in 99. I could see that. If Rick, if he Shire- grew Rick, the mustache, yeah. I would see it. I, I do not fault you that casting. My casting, I was not casting a man. I was casting a mustache. That's what yeah. I was doing. And that's, if we're That's what Rick is we'll known for, on. too. So. Yeah. Until he shaved it to go to WCW, because that was how yep. he proved it was live. You know, these are sure. the things I know instead of math. So, <laughs> all right, moving on. Do you want to hit me with your Triple H?
1: Sure. Again, would have to pack on, I don't know, 70 pounds of muscle maybe not 70 but uh, i think i think if you put on 20 to 30 pounds of muscle you could feasibly get away with it because this was tr- at this time triple h had not gone back from the surgery and come back in what oh one where it was just absurd i mean he was very much too but
0: yeah oh two he, was, he was getting bigger yeah yeah he wasn't disgustingly you're clearly on the juice in oh two right. <laughs> i know you could say but yeah. he was he was getting he was still skinny-ish, yeah. in '98 and '97, right. but then when he won the WWE title in '99, he looked kind of like how he was gonna look. He wasn't quite as big as he would get, but like he was, he had approached his final form. But but please tell me who you're casting.
1: So is. my casting choice here, I think, was I, it'd be interesting to see if he could pull it off. But I I, I like the idea of Keanu Reeves as Triple H.
0: Fascinating, because I have a Keanu Reeves casting
1: too. (laughs) Wow! And he's
0: not Triple H. This is awesome. This is amazing. I, I do love that we're playing with the era. Yeah, we're thinking of who. And keep in mind, this is if we're doing this movie in '99. I'd like to think that he has this script on his desk and he has the Matrix on his desk, (laughs) and he's like, "Oh, whoa! I don't know which movie to make." Yeah. <laughs> Either one could go. Whoa, should I make the wrestling movie? Because wrestling's really big. Or should I make the Matrix?
1: Are are you like ready? Like I I said, like, are you ready? No, but
0: So here's why I'm not gonna tell you my triple H yet. Because I okay. want you to do your Keanu impression.
1: Let's get ready to to suck it.
0: <laughs> He's Bret Hart. He's my Bret Hart.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good call.
0: Listen I to like the it. voice. Listen to the promo. And frankly, when I see the face,
1: you know what? I could probably flip my Bret Hart to Triple H, and I think it would still work. So, but interesting.
0: Interesting. Tell me who I your kind Bret just, Hart is.
1: So it's completely against cast, and I was just like, oh, this would be kind of fun to see it. But my Bret Hart is Nicolas Cage, which I actually I think would be kind of fun for for Triple H. Oh, see, I went.
0: I took Triple H very seriously. Okay. I took Triple H very seriously. So we're, we haven't decided... Have we decided on Bret Hart or are we arguing about Bret Hart?
1: I like Keanu as Bret Hart. I think that works.
0: Keanu as Bret Hart. To me, it was the voice. He is definitely one of my stretches on looks, right? He,
1: okay. I, I
0: think with makeup and costuming, you could get him close. But when I hear a Bret Hart promo, I'm kind of... <laughs> even though it's not a surfer dude, with yeah. the right acting and cadence, I'm hearing Keanu Reeves.
1: I like it. Yeah, so, good call. My
0: Triple H... It is Sean Bean. Okay. Picture Sean for the Bean. Look,
1: for the look, that's great. It was the look. I, like I cast this one look. on look.
0: Especially like mid-90s Sean or late-90s Sean Bean, pre-Lord of... And also, this is the problem, too. I'm thinking of, I had to Google a picture of him in 99 because I okay. thought of him from Lord of the Rings with the long hair. And I thought, oh, could that work? I looked at him in 99, and I think if we had him grow his hair out, in 99, he's still perfect. Yeah. We need him to know he can do a good American accent. Can't he do a good American accent? I can't think of Sean Bean talking to the.
1: Americans. I'd have to look at his IDB, but I'm not sure. Probably. Okay. We could figure it out.
0: But but that being said, Nicolas Cage in ninety-nine, because I have trouble separating the we've I have trouble separating so, the jokes that Nicolas Cage has become. He has become a joke. He's become a meme.
1: Remember the movie that he was in with David Caruso? Was that Nick of Time or?
0: I thought was it was it Matthew McConaughey in Nick of Time or is that Nick 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 of Time is a Johnny Depp movie, by the way. <laughs>
1: but yeah, there was. I had the in my head the I had, I'm blanking on the the movie, but in the preview he was like bench pressing his girlfriend because he was the bad guy and I uh, I forget, but he was all he was pretty bulked up in that movie and so that's.
0: Nicholas Cage bench press movie. Kiss of Death uh, 1990- 1990 with David Caruso. Yeah. I got the of right,
1: not the not the other two words, but
0: <laughs> I am looking though at a photo of Nicolas Cage from this poster, and I do not see Triple H at all. Okay. I I, I <laughs> look it up. Look it up. You tell me, honest to God, Caruso looks more like Triple H in this poster to me <laughs> than, than Nicolas Cage. But I don't. I feel like I'm steamrolling you with my picks, which, to be fair, I could be because my picks are just bad. That's the way it is. It might be so. Oh, see, I thought you would poke at me more with that. You're just rolling over, no. and accepting well, yeah. defeat. So,
1: I'm I'm very confident in my Road Dog, and Austin, and that's, McMahon picks.
0: So. That's good because I'm not confident in my Road Dog pick. <laughs> so, are we are we accepting Sean Bean as Triple H? I like it. Yep. You're sure. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah.
0: Okay. Okay. Who do you want to hit next? We've got this is who we have left that we've talked about. Did you cast an Owen Hart or did you not? I did, yep. Okay. So we have Owen Hart, Vince McMahon, China, Austin, and Road Dog. You wanna okay. finish it out in DX and then hit the others? So we'll do Road yeah. Dog and we'll Sounds do China.
1: Good. Yep. Okay.
0: Who's your who's your road dog?
1: Woody Harrelson.
0: I've also casted Woody Harrelson. He is not my <laughs> nice. road dog. How is this team oh, happening? This... Wow, wow, this okay. is awesome and also bizarre. <laughs> wow, my my road dog is terrible, by the way. So please sell me on your road dog. You, you'll, I the problem is, I really like my Woody Harrelson where I put him, but okay. I don't like my road dog. So we're gonna have to talk this through.
1: Yeah, maybe we can find an alternative for it. I think Probably... I just thought Woody Harrelson, it's I pictured. Like the white man can't jump character. Yeah. I think that's really tra- good. Could translate into Road Dog pretty well. And that's he
0: was leaning into his balding, I think, by the late nineties, early two thousands, and Road Dog mm-hmm. was always kind of balding, which yeah. informed my casting of Road Dog in ninety-nine <laughs> also. Okay. But God, that's a really good pick. I really like him as Road Dog. The well, problem is I also really like who I chose him as.
1: Well, let's I let's need... we'll, we can take not table it, but we'll see we have for the other one, and then we can kind of go back and forth. But
0: God, sorry, that's a really good road dog. That's a really good road dog. My road dog <laughs> is not good. My road dog is Jason Statham, who had been in two movies by '99. and looked a little, but the problem is I can only <laughs> I'm fucking I can only imagine Jason Statham doing Jason Statham's voice. So it's the speech in Cockney? <laughs> Oi! Oh, no. You ought to know! <laughs> Oi, you better, ask, better call somebody. You sitting over here telling me... Oi, <laughs> Oi! 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 You ought to know! <laughs> you ought to know! Two
1: this... <laughs> Generation I, X
0: proudly I, presents I, its WWF Tag Team Champions of the World, I, I, world, I, I can't do I, a cockney. I. I, this... I
1: But it it almost—it almost—it have a little more to it. It have more, more some of some some of this to it. It, it it, 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 Me right here, I'm the road dog. The road dog, that's me. (laughs) Over there, Billy Gunn. Billy Gunn, he's a badass. Mm -hmm.
0: Your, your cocky road dog. Your cocky road dog also turned into Sling Blade right at the end. It (laughs) did. oh god can you hit me with a little more cockney road dog before we continue because i'm dying just uh, anything i
1: don't even know i don't even really can get there so what, what else the what else was the uh
0: i don't just say wait anything
1: a, i don't We i do know i can say now now i'm off into complete Blades, so i can't do it yeah oh
0: the, god of mice okay. and men type stuff uh... but...
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right <laughs> reeling back in here who, who did you have Woody for Owen? Is that what you had?
0: I had Woody for Austin because Southern redneck oh. bald. I had Woody a Stone Cold. I thought he was a really good Stone Cold choice personally. So your can I
1: sell? Can I sell you on that? We keep Woody at Road Dogg, and then we bring in Bruce Willis to play Steve Austin.
0: Yo, there goes your budget. You're right.
1: Yeah, I I
0: <laughs> I like his look. I don't. Here's the thing: We are putting Woody as Road Dog. You're 100 right. Okay. Woody is a great oh. Road Dog choice. Your Woody casting as Road Dog, on am Okay. How? Which means I don't have an Austin, but the thing is, I don't know if I'd like your Austin. Okay. I I, I feel like I have to remember where Bruce Willis was at 99
1: because mm-hmm. he was. That's unbreakable, right? Around then, six cents.
0: It was six cents. It was six cents. Is okay. 99. Uh, I'm having trouble accepting his energy as Austin. He's a okay. great look, but I have trouble putting him as a drunken redneck at part. I can't, I'm having trouble placing him in the role as an actor. Okay. Not
1: mm-hmm. the
0: look. He looks the part, right? But I'm having trouble seeing him being able to do it. Well, Woody he okay. could do it well, but Woody he is a perfect road. Dog, and you are
1: correct. Okay. Well, it's uh, Sell me on sit Willis. on that, and we'll just kind of keep thinking. It's I, I want you to teach
0: me Bruce Willis isn't it? It
1: was, it was the look. I mean, that that okay. was my biggest thing is that I thought that, and I mean, it was sort of cheating because Austin has gone on record and said that he modeled some of his that character after the Bruce Willis character in Pulp Fiction. So,
0: okay, okay, then I could, you know what. I gotta think it through because again, I think I'm thinking of muted later era directed video Bruce Willis. I'm having a lot of trouble, just like I had with Nick Clage, a lot of trouble separating what he became with what he was at the time. Okay. So I gotta to give me a second. I'm I'm mentally placing this through. I should probably put some like hold music or something <laughs> down here. Cause I'm not being facetious. I'm talking so that we don't have silence, but I'm mentally Getting my head around it. I, I'm i there. I'm there. It's Bruce Willis. You're right. Bruce Willis is okay. Austin. I had to really work that one through. Because I, am, I was putting too much Southern Redneck in there. If I put more. I was. Th- and here's the thing. I was thinking too much of 2000, 2001. What heel Austin. And not.
1: Uh, Stone okay.
0: co- you know, i got to get my head in the zone. You are right. That is good casting. When okay. I think about what that Pulp Fishing quote is what sold it, because you're right. Good job, you. You sold
1: it. <laughs> okay, Great.
0: So our last proper DX member is China. I labored over this one, and okay. I feel like you're going to make fun of me. But I'm so happy with my pick. I really labored over this pick, okay. and this is going to... When I say it, you're going to laugh or you're going to be like, "Really? I am genuinely happy with this pick. Do you want me to go or do you want to go?"
1: Okay? Uh you can go cuz I went back and forth between two and I'm curious where you went. So
0: <laughs> remember, it's 1999 when I say this pick. This is a viable mm-hmm. pick in 1999. Share. I want to cast share okay. as China. <laughs> and I <laughs> <laughs> I am dead set on this, and I'm going to sell you on it. But I want you to tell me yours first. Then I will turn it around, and I'm going to sell you. as to why share is China.
1: I, but I'm doing the same thing we did with Jason Statham, where I'm now I'm going the other way, and I'm hearing like the Joni voice doing believe, and it's, just, it, it's a whole other thing. <laughs> like it just so my my pick, and it. It might be a little bit of a stretch, but it was more from the physicality, and I think the look could be achieved. I, I pick Linda That's Hamilton. That's a great for it.
0: choice. I and would like to know. I
1: have I not done selling work. you on
0: share. I want you to know that. But Linda Hamilton is a fantastic <laughs> choice to the point that I'm writing this down because we are gonna debate this. Okay. Nice. What this okay. comes down to to me is muscle and height versus physicality and acting ability. I need to look up real quick. Yeah, What is Linda Hamilton's height? Because this is going to be a discount. Linda Hamilton is 5'6". Right. Cher is 5'7". China was 5'10". Okay. So that's actually why I chose Cher a little bit too. Okay. Because I knew she was tall. She was tall and mm-hmm. she has the black hair. And the other thought I had was she had had a lot of plastic surgery. Which, by the height of DX, (laughs) by the time DX got going, China had started having a lot of plastic surgery. I genuinely feel in the face and the height, Cher was hitting the look. Also, she has Mm -hmm. the acting ability. She won an Oscar. Cher won an Oscar in the late 80s. Between the height, the look, the hair, the acting ability, Cher should have been china if we cast this movie in 1999. however i so like my, your pick yeah go ahead. turn me around
1: my counter argument is that i don't know how much of the acting ability we will need that china character especially in the early stages of dx was meant to be there just standing there looking okay. intimidating and i think that linda hamilton might lend herself better than share to that I, but I mean, I guess share is a little bit more of a okay. wow factor. But do
0: we have to turn um, it?
1: Seeing that. Do we have
0: to, if we're at, we're, we're stuck here, right? We're two producers on this big film. And I came into mm-hmm. an office and yep. I went, Randy, I got big news for you. I talked to Cher's people. Share Cher is interested in China. But then you came to me and you're like, I got bad news for you there because Lynn Hamilton's people reached out to me and she's interested in China. And I'm looking at you and we're going,
1: okay, well, what do
0: we do here? We have to break this. We have to break it down.
1: So my only my only problem is that I would think that Cher would want a piece of the soundtrack, and I don't want that on my DX movie. Wants- uh, I I can't say for, for sure that's going to happen, All but right. are we going to get a hit on so our hands? So you're telling
0: me you don't want Cher to cover the the, the DX theme?
1: <laughs> that is absolutely correct.
0: Are you ready? You think you can tell us what to do? You think you can tell us what to wear? You think that you're better? Well, you better get ready To bow to the masters Break it down Degenerate into something fool You just got tired of doing what you told us to do That's the breaks, boy yeah. Just the man break it down Here's my here's my counter argument to you yep. to you, Randall Mr. Randall the agent Randall Finn uh, mm-hmm. it's 1999 mm-hmm. okay Linda yep. Hamilton's not a draw Linda Hamilton is not bringing people in Lynn is is the we, we, in the we
1: just we ruined our budget on Bruce Willis. Also, we, we, frankly, we need some money, so we need we, we need also to pick up some ruined our here. budget
0: on 1999 Adam Sandler. 1999 Adam Sandler is when he started to get paid. So we're 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 yeah. breaking the bank here. So are you telling me? You're telling me we got both these people on the hook. I'm telling you, Cher's going to bring in the seats. I'll I I will. You know what? I'll give you visually. I think Linda Hamilton might be better for this movie. But I think Cher wouldn't be okay. bad, and I think she's going to bring in the audience. But is this coming down to a budget scenario? Are we saying we can't afford <sighs> Cher? It's... Are we going realistic it's... on our fan casting well, guess... that we can't afford <laughs> Cher?
1: No, but I think... No, that's true. I think it, now that the more I think about it, I, I think it would help from a top not top billing standpoint but to bring in because we can't necessarily promote this movie as bruce willis in it who obviously would be the biggest star in this movie we can't promote it as matt damon in it why, you know so why i think can't we need we somebody it? why can't if we, we
0: promote it as bruce willis in it in 1992 is it because he's dead like in this big sense we can promote it
1: no 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 we can promote him as in it but he's not the main That's, character oh you're right story, because
0: he's austin so. he's uh he, you're right you're right you're right
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, I don't mind if we put too, him because because on, the, on the. You're a hundred percent right because but...
0: every role, every other role we've cast, Adam Sandler is a is a big draw. But as X Pac, he's coming in halfway through this movie. Ch- China's in it the entire yeah. time. Is share the drawing card, and and as our yeah. two and, other and... people, as our 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 Triple H and our Shawn Michaels, they're great, but they're not box office draws
1: in 1999. Yep. Okay. No, you sold me on it then. I think as, as our big draw <laughs> there, I, I, and I, also, I'll buy into share. I, yeah.
0: I, while I'm hitting you as a box office draw here, I don't think it's bad casting. I would like to stand by. I chose her for a reason. I don't think it's bad mm-hmm. casting. Yeah. So, we have uh, two people left to cast. We're going to go with Owen Hart, RIP, okay. uh, because I think, that he is a perfect look for this. And also Owen Hart was a natural prankster, a comedian, very entertaining, funny guy, both on air and behind the scenes. I'm going with Alan Tudyk. You know Alan Tudyk? And I would note that his breakout role had just come the year before in 28 Days with Sandra Bullock, the rehab movie. So he is just on the cusp of being, he was my just on the cusp of being viable.
1: Gotcha. He might be too young for what I picked, but I I mean I weirdly enough, it was just the same name. But I, I picked Owen Wells'. Oh, that's for a great Hart, fucking choice.
0: I don't Ooh, know. Oh that's he's... a good choice. Ooh. I like yours better. I want you to note that. I like yours better, yeah. but we have to look at his IMDB because it might not be a viable choice if he wasn't doing things. I'm yeah. going to his IMDB right now. We are going to take a peek at this. But if it's if it's there...
1: Because yeah, we're two years from Zoolander yeah, at that I think, point. So. I think
0: you nailed it, because it's, tell me the truth, it's the okay. nose, right? It's the nose and the blonde hair, be real. It's the nose, right? <laughs> yeah, I know <laughs> it.
1: it. it kind of is. I mean, we're, we're, we're going to look us, on some things. Exactly. Yeah. A,
0: oh, Bottle Rocket, he's doing great. Randy, he'd already been in Anaconda and Armageddon by this point. So, so yeah. Oh, okay. Definitely then, yeah. Owen Wilson. I Owen, think that's it, then. Wilson is Owen Hart. That's great casting. I'm all in. I love it. Cool. Finally, Vince McMahon. John interesting. Voight. Interesting. Mine's Michael Keaton. Ooh. I okay. I feel like Michael Keaton yeah. could be more charismatic and more showmany than John yeah. Voight could, unless you're trying to get that big Owen mm-hmm. Wilson John Voight Anaconda, Reu- Anaconda reunion. That's if that's your drawing. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Not not intentionally, no. Um the it, yeah, no, I think I like yours better. I I was more thinking of I went cuz John Voight definitely understated, but that was kind of Vince's thing and then he would blow up and there would be a couple there's a couple times yeah. where Voight's capable of that, but I I think I I like yours better.
0: Okay, so our casting. We have Matthew McConaughey as Sean Michaels. Matt Damon is Billy Gunn. Adam Sandler is mm-hmm. X-Pac. Woody Harrelson as the Road Dog Jesse James. Tom Selleck as Rick Rude. Cher as China. Keanu Reeves as Bret Hart. Owen Wilson as Owen Hart. Bruce Willis as Stone Cold Steve Austin. Michael Keaton as Vince McMahon. And I would like to throw out two more, not fan castings, cameo castings that I think we could get away with in 1999 because they were both acting at that point as breakout stars. The Rock playing himself because he had already started doing, he was doing Star Trek Voyager by this point. He had done a guest spot there. And he had also shown up on that 70s show playing his dad. So he could cameo as himself. Right. And Mick Foley had just had the book come out, was a big breakout star, and was doing a couple random TV show spots. Sure. They're not in the movie in the movie, but they can cameo as themselves, I feel like. It would be, if we're making it 99. I like it. It would be a big draw. Randy. I don't have time to do all the research I want to do for this right now. So here's what's going to happen. I'm going to do all that research, and we're going to time travel again. We're going to time travel again, Randy. I'm going to come back and say the number, and then I'm going to edit in, and I promise I won't use the audio from before. Either you reacting positively or (laughs) Hit me with a shocked reaction. Go.
1: Wow, that's it. Okay. I mean, I think we can really get away with this then.
0: Okay, now give me one where we've made a terrible, terrible mistake.
1: You know what? Fuck it. Let's do it anyway. I, I don't care. We're gonna sink all this money. No one's ever gonna do this. No one's ever gonna see this movie. But hey, it, it doesn't matter. I will. It'll be our lasting legacy that we put this to film, even though it'll it'll have a legacy as either a phenomenal movie that was just brilliantly cast, or one of the biggest box office bombs of all time. Either way, we're gonna be tied. You're saying to this n- is our notoriety. Ishtar,
0: is what you're trying to tell me. This is this is what we're doing here.
1: <laughs> 1941, here I'm
0: also just really proud I was able to work in an Ishtar reference today. And I'm not going to explain it, it is to anybody who doesn't know. I want you to have to find that out for yourself. Okay. All right, this is Mike from the future. I have time traveled after doing all of my research. Here's what we got. Moving from the bottom up, Sean Bean only gets $250,000 per movie in 1999. However, Cher gets a million dollars. Matt Damon gets 5 million. Woody Harrelson gets 5 million. Adam Sandler gets 8 million. Matthew Baganhe gets 10 million. Michael Keaton gets 12 million. Keanu Reeves gets 15 million. Bruce Willis gets 17 million dollars and 17% of the gross. Before that gross, we're already looking at 73 million dollars just with our cast. I texted this to Randy and his response was. We are dumping a lot of money into 20 minutes of screen time regarding Bruce Willis. He also hit me with the reference that the WWE Studios film Fighting With My Family, which had cameos from The Rock, was produced by The Rock, and was about WWE wrestler Paige's journey from obscurity into stardom, made $41 million worldwide on a budget of $11 million. We are going to have to make a lot of money for this movie to be profitable with this cast. We do not record this in the same room. I don't want to break the fourth wall here, but we live many, many miles away, states away. Uh, we take the time to do this. We do look at each other. I'm staring at your your beautiful face right now, Randy, sure. uh, across a video chat. You know, compliment me. That's fine. That's cool. You know, good to see you too, you fuck. I, self-confidence issues. Oh. That's fine. Anyway. Quite no, no, faint. I'm just stunned
1: in silence by your visage. So
0: <laughs> we saw each other in person, and we'd had a couple of drinks, as you do, and we we're like, what could we do? Just goof it around. And you're like, you know, it'd be a great idea. Like, who are your favorite sketch comedians? Form a five person sketch comedy troupe. Like the kids in the hall were five people. Pick five people. I'm like, well, what's the criteria? And you said, any sketch comedy show pick your five and I threw out one caveat you can only pick two people from Saturday Night Live yeah the entire run of Saturday Night too Live long. you can yeah. only pick two people they have too many all-timers yeah you get two tops mm-hmm. okay so not saying you have to but that's what you get right <laughs> so I I cheers do you want to how do you want to do this do you want us to name my five do you want to alternate how do you want to handle this how do you want to handle this name off
1: yeah, let's alternate. I okay, think that's more fun that way than just trying to react to five at once.
0: Okay, so my my number 1 pick, my okay. first pick is an SNL person, and I debated on this one, right? Mm-hmm. It was either going to be Phil Hartman or Bill Hader. My first draft of this list had both of them on it, but I decided I needed more variety and I could only choose one, I feel like because while they both have different capabilities. They also bring a lot of the same skills in different eras. So I feel like I'm betraying someone by picking one. But between Phil Hartman or Bill Hader, I chose Bill Hader to be in my five-person all-time comedy troupe.
1: That's this is amazing. That that was my exact problem with my number one pick, <laughs> like literally exact. Like I I between those two because I wanted to start with my complete every man can do everything but can be the straight man if they have to but it can also be you know could just take on whatever they need to and i i i went so much back and forth with it because i adore phil hartman to to the yeah. end and what it came down to eventually was with all things the same bill Hader can do more impressions Yes. Then then Phil Hartman can not that Phil Hartman can't do impressions, but Bill Hader is just un- unbelievable at them can do and do so many random ones which are really fun and out of left field. So Bill Hader is also my number one pick. That's
0: it's you know, it's that's amazing. not just the impressions which Phil Hartman could do so many good impressions. There is when you see Bill Hader behind the scenes or you see any reason with him. He has like you know how you you hear about those musicians who have perfect pitch where mm-hmm. they can hear a note and replicate it immediately. He has that with sounds and voices. Yeah. And he's he's my number one sketch comedy draft pick. Who's your number two? If he we both shared a number one. You get to pick number two. Who's your number two?
1: Okay. So I'm gonna slide I, I stayed a little bit more even keel because I I've got some boisterous people in, in here that are more the explosive part of it. But my number two overall pick, and it may be because uh, I, I was, he's always been my favorite in Monty Python, which is kind of a, a, a weird thing. It's, I, I love Michael Palin because I think of what he can do. So he is my number two overall pick, Michael Palin.
0: Fantastic. He is my favorite member of Monty Python. Always has been. I I For much of the same reasons. John Cleese could be funny, but he could be a little, he would steal. When I say steal a scene, I mean that he could dominate a scene in an overbearing way sometimes. it's hey, Like bring it back. A lot of them could, except for Terry Gilliam, who was more of an animator anyway. Terry Jones was also there. That sounds so mean. So, (laughs) No, that's a really good pick. I did not pick anyone from Monty Python, but if I would have, Michael Palin is a fantastic choice. I have a book on my bookshelf that is, they apparently put these out in the early 2000s, and I only have his. It was, each Python member did a small like novella picking their favorite Python bits. The only one I own is Michael Palin's. And he does an intro, he does an outro, he has some notes in it. It's really cool. Okay. My next pick, and it seems at first, because you mentioned everyman for Bill Hader and Phil Hartman, I don't feel the everyman quality for them. I feel like they're top flight player. My everyman is Dave Foley. My everyman is because he can do character work. But if I want a true straight man, not like a goofy straight man, because Bill Hader can be a straight man. But Dave Foley is a normal guy. He can come off oh. as a normal dude. I don't remember Phil, Phil Hader ever playing a normal dude. Right. And also, I chose a woman who I'll reveal later. Dave Foley could be a good second woman if needed, based on kids and, in the uh, hall. If I would like to know if I could have picked two kids, it would have been Kevin McDonald, because to me yeah. they are a tandem. Sure. If you watch the show they are generally a tandem behind the scenes they were writing partners but based on this criteria Dave Foley is my second choice.
1: Okay. That's I think that's great. I, I it's uh, he just missed the cut in my 5 is that I I'm a, a giant fan and I think I again he can play kind of everything which is super super helpful in this regard you want you need if you only have five you need something that everybody has to be able to do certain things but it's 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 tough without his
0: he's he's, i've never been a bruce mccullough guy i've never been a mark mckinney guy bruce does good stuff but it's not my favorite stuff yep dave foley's monologues that he did on kids in the hall mass murderer bad surgeon things like that people don't think about him in those i don't think they think about him with those monologues i do he's so good sure My third choice is Carol Burnett because she is an all-timer. If you've never watched the Carol Burnett show, go to YouTube right now. Come back to this later. Just start watching her sketches from her show. Her entire cast is amazing. I'm a massive, massive Tim Conway fan. He was so good in anything all the time, but the show couldn't exist without her. And it wasn't just that she could play a straight woman. She is, for her era, like a female Bill Hader. She was a chameleon. She could do anything in her cast in any role in any function carol burnett has to be in this cast
1: that's a great call and one that honestly didn't even make my list as i was like running down everything so that is a a giant omission on my end it um did not make my five an absolutely notable and completely warrants a choice i think great who's your who's
0: your uh number three
1: so my number three is, I, so I've got my my two people that can play silly if we want. We got our impressionists. I think Palin can play either the straight man or he can be off the rails crazy. Um, yep. But I'm going to go even more into the comedic aspect and just completely more scathing into things. Uh, Dave Chappelle is my third overall pick. Uh,
0: I wrestled with that one. I really did. I wrestled with Chappelle and Eddie Murphy. I I feel like both of them have such two eras of them, right? Yeah. Classic, some of the best sketch comedy ever made. I I I had trouble putting them in an ensemble because even yep. though Eddie Murphy was in an ensemble, it wasn't really an ensemble at the time. It was the Eddie Murphy show with everybody else. Dave Chappelle is an amazing sketch comedian. I I wrestled with this Randy. Why do make? Why exactly did he make your list?
1: Honestly it's the way I construct it's the way I constructed my five people so as I was putting it together I need I I need him to be the person that doesn't stand out but everybody else can play off him if need be like he doesn't have to be completely at the forefront but he he's he's sort of my he's not my number 1 pick but he he will highlight certain things because he's over the top
0: he, I was going to say where you calling him like the lead of your show but I guess that's not necessarily accurate it's just he's
1: no, I, I just need him in a certain lane of the absurd, the over I the see. top, whereas everything okay. else can the other contributors can play restrained or they can or they can join in with his over the top. But
0: the way you explained that was so good because my next choice is for the exact same reasons, but I avoided Chappelle because I felt like he was he would just take it over too much. And frankly, even though this wasn't from his sketch era, his modern stuff really skeezes me out lately. So I just I avoided
1: him. Sure. And it might blow up in my face, by all means. (laughs) Yeah,
0: that's fair enough. And, And to be fair, my next choice is because my cast was looking a bit too white at this point as well. You need diverse voices. You need more. But so if you want this to be a good show, a good sketch comedy show, you need more voices, you need more perspectives. I almost kept going more utility players, uh, uh, but I did realize I needed someone to bring the chaos, like you're saying, right? I was thinking about uh, Deborah Wilson for Mad TV originally as a utility player type, but it was too un- too low key, right? But she was great. I-, I didn't watch a lot of Black Lady Sketch Show, but I was thinking Robin Dee Dee was fantastic, but I just don't know enough about her. And I wasn't her talking answer. I didn't watch a lot, so I didn't go. But I wanted to bring some diversity to the cast and I needed to bring some chaos to the cast. So Tracy Morgan is my next choice for Sketch. All my other choices are so buttoned up, so proper. I (laughs) needed chaos. I needed manic insanity. And I feel like we're playing in a similar lane in that regard on this choice. That's my fourth choice. That was your third choice, right? You have your next for your fourth, am I correct? Did I missed
1: one, yeah. So, uh, I break it down for me again. Your, your my four so far are
0: Bill Hader, Dave Foley, Carol Burnett, Tracy Morgan, while you have given me Bill Hader, Michael Palin, Dave Chappelle, and
1: gotcha. Uh, so my my fourth pick is Maya Rudolph. Ooh, um, I'm yeah. a giant, giant, giant fan of everything she can do. She's so versatile, that's I think one yes. of the things that I enjoy the most about it. And there are a multitude of things she's very likable, I think her uh there aren't a lot of people i think that dislike her you see her in a sketch you're just like Ugh, i don't want to watch this i i'm very it's uh, i'm very polarizing on kristen wigg so it's one of those things where i'm back and forth that there are things i enjoy of her and there's a lot of things i don't like we are all. like I, I i'm very and so <laughs> we are so 100 in tune on that both i'd love your Maya rudolph pick
0: everything you're saying is so good and such a good choice i'd love that that's a good uh good call on being able to fill. We're picking a lot of people obviously, who obviously can fill any roles, but also yeah, there are a lot of other people who could fill any roles, but don't bring the level of talent that she brings to those roles.
1: And and I think she could play off a lot of the people that I chose too well. I think that's the other reason I liked it. I think yeah. she could wouldn't she could be in a sketch with Chappelle without being completely overshadowed, yes. but even if she was, she could get something in that would still be funny.
0: And I agree with you also on Christian Wig because there was a long time. I think of her SNL run. I like a lot of her movie stuff that she's done. I really yeah. don't like her SNL run. If I could never see another Gilly sketch again, I would be. Oh. I hated that shit. I hated that. For shit.
1: the uh, the Weekend Update stuff with Fred Armisen. I yes. wanted to punch them. Yes, both. I just and I usually like Fred Armisen, but it's just it's uh I... the the only one that that was so stupid that I enjoyed it was the password thing where she was the that <laughs> was old, okay. Like, out I, of touch actress. It just made me. I my, don't know, it made me laugh. My, but it was maybe maybe it was just comparatively. My
0: favorite Kristen Wiig bit because the password thing never did it to me, but it was the Lawrence Walk show where she was always the freak at the end. I always enjoyed the Lawrence Walk bit. It was the same joke every time. I don't care. I enjoyed yeah. it every time. So <laughs> that's fair. My final pick actually mm-hmm. plays into temperament wise the Maya Rudolph thing because I went from okay. extreme chaos right, and finally it's because. I couldn't stop thinking about SCTV. I felt like I needed somebody from yeah. SCTV in here. My gut reaction at first was Rick Moranis, a deceptive choice who mm-hmm. I think is forget forget who I think has forgotten for what an amazing sketch comedian he was like Bob and Doug are fine. Sure. They're fine. Love Bob and Doug, but so much of else what he's done was good. But no, no, the answer, the clear choice is John Candy. John yeah. Candy that went to make movies was fine. I like him fine enough. Go watch the John Candy best of SCTV that you can find on YouTube. Because you know what I loved about this? And as someone who has lost a lot of weight in his life, dealt with a lot of like fat guy image issues, aside from he being hilarious and creative, he is the rare fat guy comedian where his comedy has never had a lick to do with his weight. It never had a thing to do with him being fat. He was so creative, so good at any role. And yeah, he was a big guy. And if the joke worked, it would come up, right? But overall, it didn't matter. He was too good, too versatile. And he was so kind and could also play so skeezy. And he was (laughs) amazing. My final choice is John Candy. My cast is Bill Hader, Dave Foley, Carol Burnett, Tracy Morgan, and John Candy who do you got that's
1: that, that's awesome and he and it killed me but it was he was one of the last on my cutting room floor really? to make my top five i was i was really i i, I was conflicted over i'm it. Um, shocked because but... i
0: thought that was going to be such a dark horse pick that you would have been like wow i never even thought of him i really thought that
1: That's no he, he, to me in in my mind he was because it i can see the appeal of martin short he got a little bit annoying now, he's a, he's a force of nature and uh, just for, just thinking about it, sctv in general but uh, but candy did so many great things that were so diversified short was always kind of the same thing it felt I like love Mar- it was amazing I but love it was always the same Martin thing.
0: short movies and i love martin short on talk shows and as a comedian and his you know only murders in the building and all that is great as a sketch comedian martin short was Kristen wick uh, yeah. he was and and, and Yep. For the same reasons, I didn't like her sketch comedy. I don't like his sketch comedy.
1: Yeah, it is what it is. And I don't think he was that. He he wasn't that much on my. You know, I when I looked at my and wrote down things off the top of my head as much as I could. Kind of looked at sketch comedy shows to give myself an idea. I came down with. I came up with thirty, and I had to narrow it down from there. Nice. It was it was tough to be like, all right, and uh then i got down to 10 and then it was really kind of a a, a tricky and john candy was either the second or second to last or last one that i that i cut from there and my my thought process really was because i agree with everything you said about john candy i think it's just a marvelous sketch comedian just there were things that he did that were funny that were he he could play bravado but he could play kind of chicken shit and like all just all this other stuff that was just great and he's a great actor anyway. Yes. I, yes. JFK is one of my favorite movies of all time, and he's incredible in that as a dramatic actor. Yes. So it just, But he's been obviously great in all the other movies too. So, uh, But getting to my my fifth pick, I leaned more into the fact, again, and again, it's not that Chappelle is my lead, but it's just playing off of everything that we could do. I, I needed people that were versatile Absolutely. in my troupe, and I wanted somebody who could be able to do a little bit of everything. And it may be a little bit, uh, but I think he has a little bit more bombastic. He has another gear that allows him to be explosive or volatile. And so my my final pick is Keegan Michael Key. Oh Yes.
0: Mm, <laughs> mm, 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 mm. So, it if we pick a six man, and I was going to ask you who would be your six man.
1: Here, okay. Right? I could, and we could do that. That's well,
0: I, I just as an off, if you knew, if you knew who just sure. made the list. Yeah, yeah, no, but, of course. No, I think that's but, fun. It's a good exercise. Keegan was so close. But Jordan Peele is my sixth man. Jordan Peele was going to be right there because I liked Keegan, but Keegan could go a little too broad for me sometimes. If you look Eh. at my cast, my cast is pretty understated, except for Tracy Morgan, who brings that energy. I like a lot of that type of humor. That's probably just my style. Not that you can't go weird, bizarre avant-garde, but the energy is maybe a little more subdued. And to me, Jordan Peele was right there and i i really wanted him in and i just couldn't get it but i was desperate to gotcha. get key peel in there somehow keegan is a great yeah. choice for your sh- mm-hmm. it sounds like i'm being rude for your show no i no for for the troop that you're
1: <laughs> that one that no one yes, will watch <laughs> for the
0: true for the troop that you are building i love that and he is such a good choice and i love key and peel and you're right there were so many other shows i've thought about i was thinking of that i just i was like they're good but they're not on the level of where i want to get to but please tell me more right. about keegan michael peel or keegan michael peel keegan michael peel keegan michael key
1: <laughs> i should have done that i should have done keegan michael peel and <laughs> i kind of got away with uh the two for one yeah. but um it's i think he he like i said i think he to some extent mirrors what hater can do but then also I just you think about the the Obama translator, like th- those type of things, yeah. the and, and other other things where he's enough that he's out there yeah. that it just gets a little bit wild where things that seem completely overreacting to a reasonable situation. And I think he is that guy that I need for that part of this troop. I don't know if everybody else does that to an extent in who I've assembled. So I like I like him in that role, even though he can kind of slide back into if I want to make Bill Hader be an awesome impressionist in a sketch where it's a game show yeah. or something like that, I need another guy who can play the host. Keegan can do
0: that. Okay, I like that. No, that's really good. And since I gave mine, do you have a off the tip of your tongue six-man that you would immediately slot in if you could?
1: I think I struggled with it back and forth, but it's probably either Bob Odenkirk or Keaton Thompson. I'm going to cheat and say one or the other, but it's one of those Between
0: two. Between those two, I would throw Bob Odenkirk in immediately i love keenan mm-hmm. keenan can deliver a single line and get a laugh better than most other other people ever the problem is mm-hmm. i feel like he's been doing the same shtick for 15 fucking years and i'm tired of it yeah. i i, yep. I bob kirk bob oden kirk is also on my short list he, he was yep. he, he was right there but uh he's so fucking good but he just didn't make the cut. But no, so that's a great,
1: I. Do you have your, do you have your list in front of you? Do you have like, do you have like five more that you were, you were struggling with? I'm just curious. No, No? I talked
0: through most of my struggles. It's just fun. It is. (laughs) Uh, No, I talked through most of my struggles and I narrowed it down to five and deleted the rest. Now, if you heard, (laughs) if you heard me mention a name, they were on the shortlist already. And they were, yeah. Yeah, gotcha. But um, is there anyone else you're desperate to mention?
1: No, I was just more kind of curious the show. It was fun to go back and look at, it. like, oh, yeah, I didn't even think about that. Like, I it, In Living Color missed on, on da- some Damon things, but Wayans, I mean, some things from there. Damon Wayans was
0: real close. Damon Wayans was real close. Yeah. Top 10, uh, uh, he could have been there. Jim Carrey, not in the top 10, even though he was great on there, but yeah. Damon Wayans was fantastic on there.
1: Anybody from the state? I, I had, it was tough because there wasn't anybody that kind of was, you know, Showalter was okay. I, I love Thomas Lennon and Joe Latruglio, so I I have them as the, but they they got eliminated I, pretty early. I
0: never liked Michael Ian black uh, He yeah. has, no, he annoys the hell out of He's a bit him. much. I do not like him. I don't, I'm sure he's a fine person. Everything I'm saying is so declarative, yeah, like, fuck <laughs> that guy. No, I, I've never liked his comedy. I'm sure he's a wonderful yeah, human being. Yeah, fair fan. enough. Um, the mm-hmm. state was fine. It was never for me. And there's a lot of people, like if you're looking at sketch comedians and other people, I wasn't sure where we're going to go. I hate anti-comedy. I hate... Mm. Cringe comedy can be fun. Like, I like Nathan Fielder. I love a good, bad, cringy episode of The Office where you feel it makes you squirm. Yeah. But anti-comedy, like Tim and Eric, where the comedy is that we're not being funny and that's so... I fucking hate it i hate it yeah it's i know it takes work but it also to me at the same time feels so lazy to mm-hmm. I, I, it just doesn't do it for me so they would never have been anywhere in my show
1: that's fair and i think the state was at its best when it it leaned into the quirky yeah. more than the anti-comedy and which they would do at times so but that's i, a different I think
0: that's maybe why different. i was not judging or I feel like when I think of Michael Ian Black, I think of the state. And then when I think, or I think of the state, I think of Michael Ian Black. When I think of Michael Ian Black, I'm thinking more anti-comedy. Because I feel like he's leaned into that more than the other. And that was,
1: he leaned into that beyond compare. Yeah, Yeah, and so I I, just,
0: just, it it immediately kind of ruled it out for me. Even though you're right, I like a lot of their cast. Yeah. But so I think that's every topic today. So let's talk a little housekeeping, shall we? So. Yeah we are going to record next week another full episode. But when we record that, we are also going to record a small little special. We're debating quite what that's going to be, but it's not going to be a full episode, but it's going to be the two of us bantering. It's not going to be me rambling with fake Randy audio again. At least I hope not. <laughs> but we are going to be releasing that in two weeks. Uh, if you have any, actually, any suggestions things you'd like us to talk about—a short form episode, something where we're not going deep in—let us know, because we both are working a whole lot in two weeks. We are both on the road. We are both doing our real life jobs, exhausting, terrible of us, I know. But we're <laughs> we're getting things out there. We want to make sure we keep putting out
1: content every week.
0: Randy, any final thoughts on anything before I give the big hard sells and the big plugs?
1: No. Go away and be a shill.
0: Yeah, I love it. I love that. Thank you for your permission. I always feel like I'm going to steamroll you with that, and I I want to give you your moment because I will talk over you if given the opportunity at any given moment.
1: So, because I'm a terrible... It's usually fine because I never have anything to say at that point. Anyways.
0: What I like about the editing control that I have is that when I edit this, it renders out our tracks as two separate tracks that I can just cut out anything I want from you. So I can talk over you all day long, and it'll be like you were never talking. It's fantastic. I love it. So anyway, the shill's. you're staring at me you're not even you're just like i fucking hate this guy anyway leave us a like leave us those five stars leave us reviews i know that's shills but any engagement we get from anybody helps us get to more people and we like doing this for people we are not doing art for art's sake we like talking to each other but if we were trying to just talk to each other without other people hearing it we'd do that and i don't want to do that that sounds exhausting. No. I need the audience. Ugh. I need the attention. Some of that attention that we get comes through reviews that you guys leave, and you leave us nice reviews. We'll read them here on the podcast. Ben on Spotify said, I learn something new every day, and this podcast boosts the amount of new knowledge I never knew I needed. Love Sesame Street and The Wizard of Oz. Knowing these two were connected blows my mind. And personally, just for me, that makes me feel good because that stat came from the fill-in episode we did last week that I had to record on the fly in an emergency when we had technical difficulties. So glad to see something good coming out of that one. Over on Apple Podcasts, CB7997 said, I really enjoy listening to Mike and Randy. Their banter makes me smile and their passion for the subject matter shines through. Admittedly, I don't know a lot about comic books, but I'm enjoying learning more. Looking forward to hearing more. So, hey, thanks, everybody. If you need to reach out to us, you can do it in reviews. You can also find me at Mike Barcode, that's M-I-K-E-B-A-R-C-O-D-E, on Instagram, on TikTok, or you can email me at mikebarcode at gmail.com. Randy is a silent Enigma, a silent partner. You can find him out there somewhere. And if you do, good luck to you. Uh, and we'll, we'll we'll mention it if you've managed to stalk him. Please don't stalk him. To to find his social media. Please don't actually do that. I should cut that out. I shouldn't even I'm not cut that out. I'm not gonna do it. But with that, we will call this episode good. We will talk to you all next week. I've really enjoyed this. We'll figure out what the hell we're talking about next week. Bye me with a bye say goodbye
1: see you everybody thanks for listening there
0: you go